welcome to King's Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about King's Church, visit kcnyc.org. So we're thankful for you, David, and your wife, Jennifer, that you're here and that you made it all the way out from Texas. We love you both so much. Um, but I, I just want to just, uh, just reaffirm the man of God that you are. Obviously, you have brilliant things to say about politics. People, you guys can follow him to hear all that. But I want to reaffirm that you're a, you're a man of God in a, in, a, in a strange land that people don't know the living God and that you represent God to people. So I want to thank you for that. I want you to thank you for your encouragement for me. You know, over the last six months, there's, you know, the scripture says a brother is born for a day of adversity. Uh, one of the translations says brothers are made in adversity formed in, in the battle and I've really felt like you've encouraged me just even in standing up for righteousness who I've called uh, part of the reason that our church opened in September was for people like David that was standing up for righteousness we were saying we're not going to listen to the world we're going to follow God we're not doing this crazy what are we, what are we doing and um, anyway thank you I appreciate you I love you thank you Jennifer for coming we love you and uh can we give David Harris Jr. a hand as he comes up this morning? King's Church. Are you kidding me? Is that me? Man. How many of you just love Papa's presence? How many of you know Papa's presence? A lot of people know me for my political statements and my posts and my videos, which are very conservative. But as David shared, and David and Beth, thank you guys so much for having me. Truly an honor to be here. Really appreciate it. They know me for that aspect. But at, at, heart, at the heart, at the core of who I am, I'm somebody that has been radically saved, transformed, renewed and set on this path that now I have this platform where I get to speak to millions of people. But at the core of my person, I love seeing people coming into an, an encounter with Papa. I call him Papa, the Father. Most of us know him as the Father. I'm going to share with you, I'm going to present something to you today that's a present that was presented to me that gave me freedom to know him and feel comfortable calling him daddy. Like Jesus did. Jesus called the father daddy. How many of you know that? When he said, Abba, Father, Abba is the close, intimate form of father, like we would use the term daddy. So I'm going to present you with that present today. But before I get into that, how many of you guys are just sickened at what's taking place in our country right now? So much turmoil, so much chaos. So much race baiting and division. How many of you have lost friends for your, for your conservative stances? 
How many of you have lost family members that won't talk to you anymore, that just cut you off? We're paying a price, right? But it's a price that must be paid. Somebody has to stand up. Somebody has to stand for truth. Somebody has to speak boldly to the opposition that is bombarding us on a daily level from everywhere, from big tech to corporate media. One of the best things that I've seen this month is reclaiming the rainbow. That's a promise from God, right? It's been hijacked. I was walking around, my bride and I were walking around Central Park yesterday, and Papa was speaking to me. He said, how about we just claim an encounter from Yeshua for everybody that's wearing that rainbow? <laughs> we'll just claim that and encounter for them. So I wanted to touch on, I want to touch on a couple things. I'm in church. I don't, I don't always get to just go preach, but I feel God's presence here so strong. I'm like, there's freedom in this house. If you're not experiencing freedom in your life, then that means you're holding on to something else. You've got to be willing to let go of whatever you're holding on to so that you can receive what Papa has for you. And that's when you experience freedom, true freedom. But as I was praying about what I was going to say today, because how many, how many of you know it can change, right? I'm like, I could have a direction of where I feel like I want to take something and what I want to say. And then Papa's like, nah, nah, I want you to share this. So one thing that I, that I felt him speaking to me that I, that I, I thought was uh, amazing as far as the division that we're seeing today, it's an identity crisis. And it's the, it's the oldest crisis in the Bible. It's the very first one. In Genesis, God said, let us make mankind in our image. And in our likeness. The Amplified said, then God said, let us, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That's who the us is. Let us make man in our image and in our likeness. According to our likeness, not physically, but spiritually, personally, and moral likeness. Then it's very interesting in Genesis 5, 3. After the fall, after Adam and Eve did the one thing. The one thing, how many of you sometimes have a hard time doing just, the, just one thing that Papa is asking you to not do, right? Adam and Eve did the one thing, don't eat of the fruit of that tree. The enemy came in and lied to them and they ate it. And they realized they were naked. They had a new self-awareness or I'll call it an insecurity. In worship, I felt like Papa was speaking to me that there's some people in here that'll that are battling insecurity and that it's crippling. This message is for you. Genesis 5:3 When Adam lived to be 130, he had a son in his own likeness. What was Adam's likeness? He lost it. He gave it up. He let it go. He traded it in when he ate that fruit. And he became insecure in himself. Oh, we're naked. 
Shame came in. We've got to cover ourselves up. God's going to see us. When the father came and said, where are you? He didn't mean physically. He meant emotionally, spiritually. You've, you've given away the likeness that I gave you. So when Adam, who is all of our fathers, we all came from Adam and Eve. So for Adam, when he had a son, it was in his own image and Adam's likeness, which Adam had lost his security in who he was. Insecurity right now in who we are is the number one threat that everybody's facing. It's causing the division that we all face. People try to hold on to their color. Oh, I'm black. Well, I'm white. Well, I'm Hispanic. I'm Asian. Whatever it is, we're trying to grasp and hold on to people that don't have an understanding of who they are in Christ are trying to grab and hold on to something that's their identity. And from the mainstream media to big tech to a lot of politicians on especially one side of the aisle continue to use race as a reason for you to grab onto your identity. It's literally anti-Christ. It's against the original intent of how God created us. So insecurity is tearing us apart. There's an identity crisis. We need more now than ever. The group that's in here, this church, I'm telling you, I come from a church in Northern California called Bethel. Anybody heard of that? My wife and I were a part of that church before it blew up. We were in youth group with Banning Leapshire, who leads Jesus Culture now. We were in youth group together with him. When Bill came, we were there the first night he spoke, Bill Johnson. I didn't realize, I had to read it in a book later, that because of the, the presence that you guys are feeling here, that presence, that tangible presence of God, because that was coming in and it was new for Bethel, half the church left. I didn't realize that because I was so engaged in God's presence when I got to church. I saw the ribbons cutting off like half of the, half of the chairs. There was ribbons like halfway through the, the sanctuary and they wanted everybody to sit in the front. I was just like, okay. Later I'm reading the book. I'm like, oh, that's why they did that. Half the church left because the tangible presence of God was in that place like it's in here. And it's that tangible presence and our response to it. When we respond to God's presence with a hunger, with a desire to say, not my way, your way. I don't have to figure it out. I don't have to know it all. I don't have to know what it looks like. I trust in you because I know you're good. When you've got people that are hungry for him more than their own desires, you've got something truly amazing. You've got world changing, world changers. That's what I see in here. That's what I felt in here. It's what God was speaking to me during worship. This is a world-changing center right here that David and Bethany have birthed, and you guys are all a part of it. The other thing I love about Bethel is they say that it's a birthing ground. Bill talked about it back in the very beginning. He said, he, said he saw, I believe it was Bill that said he saw, or it might have been Benny, that said they saw their church as an eagle's nest. And eagles would get birthed, trained up, and then leave. And that's what's happening. That's what's happening. So now I'm going to get to identity. 
Because for me, I thought I knew who I was in Christ. And yet I still struggled. Anybody in here still struggle? None of us are perfect. None of us are. I had struggles and some of them I didn't let go of. And I've had seasons. My wife and I have been married 27 years this year. 27 years. I think that's longer than some of you, most half of you have been alive. (laughs) Our daughters are 23 and 25. And we've just recently decided we're going to adopt two more babies. (laughs) We got two girls. We need two boys. So we're going to welcome some little boys into our family. But 27 years is a long time. I love to tell you it's been peaches and roses and shortbread cake and all the good plushy stuff, right? But we've gone through some things. And because I wasn't healed on the inside, I put my wife and my family through a lot of things. I did that. And the enemy's right there. If you don't let go of things that he's telling you to get out of your life, how many know the enemy's right there with that one friend at that right time that says, hey, let's go do this. And before you know it, you're stuck somewhere for longer than you wanted to be, and it could turn into a season. I know I'm living proof, but I'm also living proof that God is good. He has a plan. He never forsakes the assignments and the plan that he has for you. He never does. As soon as you just ask for forgiveness, get back into right alignment with him and say, yes, Papa. Yes, Father. Your will, not mine. When you do that and you make a habit of that, He will lead you places that will blow you away, absolutely blow you away. I posted a video on Instagram this morning getting ready to come here. My wife and I have been honored to stay at a friend that from social media reached out, supports the message that I bring, and he said, stay in my place if you're ever in New York. Well, it's a 56-story above Central Park. (laughs) Can I say it again? Not my way, but your way, Papa. Thank you, Daddy. Thank you, Daddy. You're so good. And that's just one little, that's just one little blessing that we get to personally enjoy. But what I truly appreciate and love more than anything is when I get to speak to people, get to talk to your hearts, and present an invitation to you like he gave me permission to share today. I haven't shared this very many times. He's just recently said, I want you to release this. So 2010, for me and for my family, was most of everybody else's 2020. How many of you in here had a really hard 2020? Was it difficult? From losing family members, losing friends, maybe losing jobs. I've got friends that have committed suicide. I have one friend that's a veteran that said six of his veteran buddies ended their lives during last year. The families that are torn apart that can never be made the same. People are gone. From that level to just all of the chaos that we've had to deal with this last year, 2010 was that chaotic and more just for us, for my family. And I had a decision to make. 
I could either continue to slam my head against the wall or say, no, God, I'm not ready for that. Or I could acknowledge that I had made an absolute mess of my life and go running to him. Whole heart. And that's what I did. And I had to. And I'll tell you a little deeper. So for me, alcohol was my crutch. If you can drink and it's not an issue, more power to you. For me, when I drink, it's a history of alcohol abuse that opens the door to everything else. If I'm not walking with the Lord, I wasn't in church on Sunday and then partying on the weekend. That wasn't me. Thank you. If I was partying, I was partying. Then if I was in church, it was like seasons. But for me, alcohol would open the door. You're out. You're partying. You're drinking. You're tired. Somebody's got Coke. I can sniff, I've sniffed more Coke than you'd pro- anybody would probably believe. What the enemy opened the door up for me was when I'm in that season, I'm getting kicked. My business is, is in the toilet. I'm going to alcohol. I went to a friend of mine. He's all, let's go get some Coke. So we went to get Coke, and it wouldn't chop up. Sorry, this is a little R-rated. Close your ears. Wouldn't chop up. You've all seen the movies. I'm sure that's how you know that it's supposed to chop up, right? Wouldn't chop up. My friend said, well, let's smoke it. So I took a hit, and it was unlike anything I'd ever done before. And then he said, you like that? I was like, that was really different. And he said, that was crack. Just like that, I was hooked on crack cocaine. I was able to keep that from my wife for almost two years, even though everything else in my life was completely falling apart. My wife knew something was wrong. She reached out to friends for help. I'm about 255 right now. I think I was about 170 pounds. She had no idea what was going on. She thought it was drugs. She felt for the safety of herself and our kids, she needed to get out of the house. So she took our kids, she left, which was right, absolutely right. And then it was just a deep dive. Now there's nobody there. I'm left to my own devices. So now we're doing it every night. I had one friend, not the same person that introduced it to me, but I had one friend and we would just smoke all night into the morning. And one night, right before the end of 2010, it was December, I took a hit and I held it in. You're supposed to blow it out fast. I'm not trying to teach anybody here anything. Come on, give me some grace. I'm talking about my story. (laughs) I held it in and my eyeballs started going like that. You can't make your eyeballs go up and down that fast. My eyeballs are doing that in my head. And in the middle of that state, I felt like panicking. And I intentionally didn't look at my friend because I didn't want him to freak out. And in that moment where I literally had made my bed in hell, I heard the voice of the Father. He said, don't freak out. Don't freak out. This will pass. This will pass. And I felt peace. And I didn't freak out. In the middle of making my own bed, in hell. 
He was there. I called the person that introduced me to crack the next morning. And I told him what happened. And he said, David, you need, to, you need to stop. He said, your body was overdosing. If you would have panicked, your heart would have exploded. You'd be dead. It took about two weeks for me to, aren't we just stubborn? We just, we can be so stubborn sometimes. Hopefully none of you are as stubborn as me. Let me not put that on you. I've been so stubborn. It took about two weeks for me to continue and go through everything I went through to get to the point where I was so fed up, so disgusted, lived in a big house. It's empty. My wife is gone. My kids are gone. My business is in the toilet. People are taking stuff from my company and just leaving. I'm not present. I look like death. One of my friends that's a believer, he met with me. And have you guys seen Lord of the Rings? Remember that one king that had death on him? He said, that's how you look, David. I could see death on you. So I, I said, I'm done. I'm giving it all up. I'm throwing everything away. And it was a Sunday morning. And I said, I'm done. I give it all away. I'm throwing it all in the garbage. God, what do you want me to do? And I heard him say, go to church. And I said, no, 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 I can't do that. How many of you know sometimes it's just being in church? And how many of you know that sometimes it's when you don't want to go the most that you should be there? I'm arguing, no, no, no. You know, and Bethel, if you know Bethel, I'm like, Bethel, on a Sunday, you know how packed it is? And I was going to be late, and I heard go to church. I stopped arguing with God, and I got in the car, and I turned on Caleb, and I just started to weep. Weep over the mess I'd made of my life, the heartache and the pain that I put my family through, everything that I had just thrown away. I'm just weeping, and I'm weeping that God in that moment is still calling me back. So I get to I get to church. How many of you ever been to Bethel? So let me let me tell you when you when you turn on this road, it only leads to the church, and it winds around, and it goes up to the top of the hill. As soon as I got to the road to turn to go to the church, there's cars lining the road. And Bethel's a big church, several thousand people per, per uh, service. As soon as I turn on that road, the cars are lining the street all the way up to the top of the hill. And I see cars everywhere. And I see a, a sign that says parking lot full. And I kept going, and the very first parking spot was open, right in the front. I'm like, Okay. So I park, I walk inside, and it's a big sanctuary, holds 2,500, and then they added bleachers, and it's packed. Bleachers are packed. Overflow's packed. And then I have a tap on my shoulder, and a lady says, are you looking for a seat? You can have mine. I'm third row from the front, right on the left. And I'm like. So I go and I sit down, and Eric Johnson is walking up to preach. And he says, today, I'm going to talk to you about the prodigal son coming home and walking into his inheritance. <laughs> Are you kidding me? 
It was like that message. For me, it was. It was just for me. I'm sure it blessed other people too, but I talked to one of the pastors. I told him what I was dealing with. He's like, David, that's not you. He put his hand on my chest and he prayed. It felt like his hand just sunk right into me. God drenched me, filled me, restored me, delivered me that day. I never touched crack cocaine again. Now, while that's amazing, I'm still broken. My wife's gone. Kids are gone. But I'm like, I'm going to trust in you, Father. And I began to press into him in church every Sunday, listening to worship morning, evening, listening to the Bible, reading the Bible. I was pressing into him like I had never before. I don't care what else is going on in my life. And for you, you have to make a decision to say it doesn't matter what else is going on in my life. It doesn't matter what my family's saying. It doesn't matter what the, my friends are saying. It doesn't matter what the mainstream media is saying. I'm making a decision every single day to press into you like never before. And as I began to do that and pray in the spirit, I, I felt so urged to pray in the spirit as much as possible. I'd wake up praying in the spirit. I'd try to pray in tongues the whole day. Under my breath, you can pray in tongues the whole day. I'd fall asleep praying in the spirit. If I woke up in the middle of the night, I would realize I wasn't praying and I'd start praying in the spirit. I had a supernatural acceleration taking place. When I began to worship, I felt the intensity that we feel in here. I felt that in my own secret place. His presence was right there. And here's the present that I'm presenting to you. How many of you have your own secret place? Honestly, raise your hand. I want to see hands. How many of you have? So for those that don't, this is just to show you I'm not crazy, right? People have secret places. Now let me tell you why. Because we should all want to have a place where we get by ourselves and just say, God, I'm here just for you. Speak to me. And I'm going to praise you. I'm going to bless you for all that you've done. For all that you're doing that I cannot see. I'm going to praise you. We should all have that secret place. It's just ours and it's just for him. And it can be wherever you want it to be. You don't have to, can I tell you, give you some freedom? You don't have to be on your knees by your bed. I've had encounters with God in my car. That's a secret place for me. Yeah, you can have more than one. My favorite secret place is in the shower because nobody bothers me in there. (laughs) It's just me and him, literally. And I turn on worship music. And I just go after it. I'm praising and worshiping like we were this morning. I'm praising and I'm worshiping, and here's the present. I'm praising God. I'm worshiping him. He'd done so much internally in my life. Spiritually, emotionally, he'd done so much. I'm praising, I'm worshiping him. Can we have somebody on the keyboard? Where's that amazing keyboardist? Can I borrow you for a second? Yeah, whoever. That's fine. Here's the present. And this is just... This is an invitation for you. Just something light, like you were playing earlier. This is an invitation for you. 
Because what I'm about to share with you is not just for me. It's for every single one of you that says yes to God, that knows that there's more that God has for you in your relationship. There's more that you could ever imagine. He's got so much Everything that you've tasted and seen to this day scratches the surface to what your heavenly father, what your papa, what daddy, our daddy, has for you. So close your eyes and just listen. And let your heart be open to Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is here to reveal the father's heart to us to reveal Jesus' heart to us. And when when I'm in my secret place, I don't have my eyes open because God is a spirit. So my eyes are closed. I'm in my secret place. I'm worshiping. And I see myself pull myself up on top of this suspended platform that was like glass. In the middle of, it was, it was dark. And like Lord of the Rings, the closest thing I could say, like Lord of the Rings, when Frodo put the ring on and everything became dark and it was misty, this is what took place. As I pulled myself up on that platform, I looked off in the distance and I saw the Father sitting on his throne and my heart leapt as I recognize that's my father that's my father he's my father and it was like a long lost relationship between a father and son that had been separated for a hundred years I felt it that that is my father and I was shouting I was praising I was thanking I was just so enamored that recognizing him as my father and then I that lasted four or five minutes and then I saw Jesus standing next to him and it started all over again and I started shouting, that's my brother. That's my brother. That's my brother. And it was a, a real, a realization to me that Jesus, Yeshua, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is my brother. This lasted for about 15 or so minutes. If you feel God doing something with you, you can keep your eyes closed or you can open them. Totally up to you. This lasted for about 15 to 20 minutes. And when I came out of it, I felt completely different than I ever felt before. Understanding the Father is my Father. He's not just the Father. And Jesus, the one that paid the ultimate price for me, is not just the Son of God. He is my brother. And then I I went to church. It was Sunday morning. I was late. I get to church, and it's crazy packed. And I almost left. And I heard Holy Spirit say, no, stay. So I stayed, and there was a prophet there at church that day named Bob Jones. Anybody anybody heard of Bob Jones, the prophet? 
Bob Jones was there that very day. And as Bob began to preach and speak, he said, today I'm going to tell you something. We used to talk about being raptured and going to heaven like it was an event that happened at the end of your life. He said, I'm here today to tell you, you can have access to heaven every single day. It can be a daily occurrence. And then he laid scripture. Always, you should always back things up with scripture. Ephesians 2.6, we are already seated with Christ in heavenly places. We're already seated there. In John 17, Jesus is praying. He says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe me through their message. Who is he talking about? He's talking about us. My prayer is not for them alone, the disciples. I'm praying for all of those who will believe in me because of their message. We believe in him because of their message. That all of them may be one. You know how we overcome everything that's coming against us in this world, in our nation, in our cities? Is if we truly become one and unify. That all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us. Where are they at? They're in heaven. Holy Spirit's here. They're in heaven. So my challenge to you, my invitation to you, is not only ask to encounter God like you never have before, but seek to encounter him. Ask him for an invitation to encounter him where he is. And when you do that, I go back often in my secret place. It's like, a, for me, it's like an access point. I go back. And one time I found myself at the feet of the Father, and I was terrified. I was so scared. The creator of the universe. Yes, I understand now to a greater degree that he's my Father, but now I'm at his feet. And friends, he so lovingly, he so lovingly beckoned me up into his lap. He kissed me on the cheek and he said, call me daddy. <laughs> call me daddy. <laughs> That's why I have freedom to acknowledge him and call him daddy. How many of you here want to know him as the good daddy that he is? Yes, he's the father. Yes, he's sovereign. But friends, can I tell you, he wants to be that loving daddy to you. The daddy that when you were a kid, hopefully you had a father that you could reach up to at any moment and you knew his loving arms were there, his, his comfort was there, his favor for you was there and he'd pick you up in his arms and, you'd every, and you knew everything would be just fine. The safety, the security, the peace. That's what an earthly father should be. The father, our father. In heaven, he wants to be that for you. So if you want to know the Father, to a greater degree, I'm going to pray, and I want you to just stand up right where you're at. If you want to say yes to an invitation, yes, Father, I want to know you more. Yes, Daddy, I want to have an encounter with you. 
Just stand up where you're at right now. Stand up where you're at right now and just say yes. Put your hands out in front of you as our Father has a gift for you. You're here this day. He knew you were going to be here this day. And some of you that are sitting, he's got a gift for you too. Just open your heart to be expectant and just say yes to God. Father, right now I ask for every single heart in this room that is hungry for more of you, that knows that there's more, that's saying yes to the more of you, God. I invite you right now, as they've said yes, I invite you right now to visit them like never before, God. Wreck them in ways that will make them know without a shadow of a doubt that you love them, that you are for them, that you have plans for them and nothing that anyone else or they've done can disrupt your plans for their life. Father, right now, I just release encounters from heaven. Encounters from heaven. Encounters from heaven. Encounters from heaven. From your heart. And I break off shame right now. Insecurity. Shame. Anybody that's battling insecurity. Suicidal thoughts right now. I'm speaking to you. Break it right now in the name of Jesus. I release peace and hope and love. Have your way, Father. Have your way. So, Daddy, we as a family, as one, we invite you to wreck us in our cars, in our homes, while we're doing the dishes, (laughs) in our secret place. Give us, urge us to have that secret place and then meet us, God, I pray. Meet us like never before. In Jesus' name. And friends, I know that as he does that and as you say yes to him, the path he will lead you on will blow you away. Friends, I'm living proof. I shouldn't be alive today. By all rights and accounts, I should have died in 2010. But I'm here. My wife came back. Our kids came back. He set us on a course that is now leading impact and change around the nation and around the world. And we're not special. We're just kids that said yes to daddy. Amen? So say yes and be excited and be expectant. I know he's going to meet you. He's going to meet so many of you in ways that are going to blow your mind. And you're going to say, wow, David wasn't crazy. He was telling the truth. Amen? God bless you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We really believe that God wants you to know him in a personal and tangible way. If there's any way we can assist your journey, please reach out to kcnyc.org.